welcome back to the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast. It is June 2nd, and this is our or this is our final review for the Best of the Super Juniors, uh, the proper tournament. We will have coverage for the final show, um, which has the actual finals, as well as a bunch of other matches uh, on Friday, which is tomorrow, June 3rd. I'm Pat. I've been covering the entire Best of the Super Juniors tournament for New Japan here on the Deep Six Wrestling Podcast on YouTube and basically every streaming service where you can find podcasts. If you're new to us, please consider hitting the subscribe button wherever you're listening this to, either on a streaming service like Apple, Stitcher, TuneIn, Overcast, Breaker, uh, Spotify, wherever. Or if you're on YouTube, hit the subscribe button, leave a comment about Best of the Super Juniors, and leave a like on the video. It helps our coverage get farther and wider, and uh, you'd be doing us a great favor. Let's just get into things. If you if you haven't caught up with our coverage, there's a playlist you can check out all of our reviews from nights one through eleven prior to this, and now here at twelve. I go in depth with it. You can check it out. Pretty good stuff, all for free. Uh, that's on YouTube, obviously. If you're listening to us on Spotify or Apple or something, you're gonna have to manually go through each episode. First up for night twelve here, we have Doki versus Master Watto. Both men are eliminated here. There's only a few guys that are in actual contention on this show. Watto gets the best of a strike exchange to kick things off before Doki fights back, flying to the floor and takes control before sending Watto back in the ring and locking in the Doki Chokey. Watto gets his foot on the ropes. He comes back with a Topic on Hilo, sending Doki back in before dropping him again with the springboard elbow for a two count. The Daybreak gets attended, uh, attempted, but Watto catches him with a high head kick and a high angle German suplex for another two count. Doki Choki gets locked in a second time here in the center of the ring, but Watto lifts Doki out of it and drops him with the Tenzan Tombstone Driver to break the submission. Daybreak lands from Doki, dropping Watto on his head for a near fall, and he follows up with an attempt for Suplex De La Luna, but Watto counters it into Vendaval, and he taps out Doki. Doki finishes with six points. Master Watto finishes with eight points. Quick and easy start to the show. I thought these guys have good chemistry, though. Um... So yeah, and you know, they're they're tied to each other forever uh, with Wado's debut um, during the New Japan Cup 2020 in the, the no crowd era show of New Japan when Do- like Master Wado came out after his vignettes and Doki just attacked him and it was kind of comical. Yoshinobu Kanemaru versus Ryusuke Taguchi here. Uh, Kanemaru immediately goes after Taguchi before he can finish his entrance, but Taguchi fires up with a hip attack a B-trigger, and a jumping hip attack on the apron. A springboard hip attack from Taguchi gets a two-count before calling for the bummer A. Uh, Kanemaru rolls Taguchi up for two, following a sunset flip. The pants come down, and so does Taguchi, but only for two. Hip attack gets attempted three times, but Kanemaru lands an atomic drop and rolls Taguchi up with a cradle for the win. Kanemaru finishes at eight, Taguchi finishes at six. I believe this was the, the shortest win for Taguchi coming out of the store, or the shortest win for Kanemaru coming out of this tournament. Oh, man, L. Lindemann versus Bushi, and I say it before every match, but you could not pay me money to care about Bushi as a wrestler. Bushi locks in the STF, and Kevin Kelly is as bored as me uh, as he just starts talking about the air conditioning in the building. Uh, Lindemann gets the rope break. We have a a rope-hung neck breaker from L. Lindemann, which cuts off Bushi's control to start the match. Both men go down. Top rope missile dropkick from Lindemann picks up a two-count. Apron DDT from Bushi, followed up with the magic screw attempt that gets blocked. Bushi nails an Enzigiri before Lindemann takes him down with a suplex. Both guys go down again. 
MX from Bushi seals the win here. Bushi finishes at 8 points. L. Lindemann finishes at 8 points. This was probably L. Lindemann's weakest match of the tournament. Bushi had matches that existed. I, maybe people really like this guy. Maybe I'm in the minority here, but I think Taguchi is... Or not Taguchi, Bushi is just like the most boring guy in New Japan. Clark Connors versus Alex Zane here. Uh, this was a fun one. Connors goes for the spear, but Zane dodges and plays to the crowd. Clark fires back, nailing him in the back with a spear to send him to the floor, then nailing a second spear on the floor before sending Zane back in for a two count. Full Nelson lock from Clark gets locked in for a bit, with Zane having to fight to the ropes for the break before lighting Clark up with a pair of elbow strikes and a big clothesline. Connors' uh, Jeep flip pounce here gets attempted, but Zane counters with his flipping leg drop to nail the back of the, the head. The taco driver gets looked for, but we have a counter into the trophy kill that Zane counters with a head scissors. Connors gets lifted onto the top rope. Zane sends him across the ring with the jumping Hurricane Rano um, for another big two count here. Again, this always looks so good, and doing it to somebody that's like a good size like Clark is impressive. Out onto the apron, Zane hits a bicycle kick before then murdering Clark with a huge apron power bomb. He sends Clark back into the ring to prevent a countout here and goes for the cinnamon twist but comes down on Connors' knees. Power slam from Carl, uh, Clark, roll up from Alex Zane for two, trophy kill then lands, and Clark Connors gets the win, finishing at eight points. And Alex does as well, finish at eight points. I thought Clark had a very, very strong tournament. I thought Zane did as well, but going into this, I was not expecting Clark Connors to win as many matches as he did. So, pretty cool to see. Um, I thought both guys had like mu a several must-watch matches from the tournament. And this is one of them. I thought these guys had really good chemistry here. TJP versus Wheeler Yuta. If you're a technical wrestling fan, this one's for you. These two, probably like the two... I would say probably the two best technical wrestlers in the tournament. Eagles is up there as well. But these two, you, like, you know what you're getting from them. TJP escapes from a side headlock by scuttling out on the back of his neck, which was just, you know, impressive to see from, like, a, a strength perspective that he was able to do this. Um, Wheeler gives him an applause here for the creativity. TJP then locks his own headlock in, and Yuta pulls off his own escape by flipping over the back of TJP, which looked pretty cool. A codebreaker attempt from Yuta. TJP catches him and looks for a submission. Yuta gets out and double stomps TJP before locking in a strangle, uh, stranglehold as the two come to blows with head swipes and elbow strikes while both men have wrist locks locked in. Uh, lots, of, lots of technical exchanges that I could not even begin to describe here, but Yuta manages to get the better um, of any strike that he lands compared to TJP. Uh, TJP drops him with a tornado DDT and then looks for the Mamba Splash, but Yuta gets out of the way and brings down the hammer and anvil elbows on TJP. Cattle mutilation, but TJP lays down on to Wheeler's like back and um, or I guess like on his stomach and tries to get the pin here, but he gets out. Pinoy stretch gets attempted, but Yuta gets out. The final cut gets looked at but blocked, and Yuta manages to get the seatbelt clutch for the win. Wheeler Yuta finishes at 10, TJP finishes at 8. Um, I thought TJP had a very strong tournament in ring uh, in ring wise. I thought he looked great against pretty much everybody. Yuta, I've mentioned it before, but I thought he had a pretty eh first half of his tournament. His second half was really really good though. Um, I was kind of expecting TJP to win this one. I thought for sure, you know, maybe they were gonna set up like TJP challenging for the ROH title at Forbidden Door, but I guess not. Um, but if you're a technical wrestling fan, you'd probably enjoy this match. Show versus Yo. 
I don't even know what to say to this one. <laughs> Show gets on the mic and says something um, in Japanese before walking to the back. Chris Carlin wasn't on commentary, so we did not have the translation. But uh, the implication is that he does not want to give Yo the satisfaction. Uh, Yo then just sits in the ring while the countout begins. Show then runs back out last minute, and he reveals that he had the ring bell hammer and was trying to bait Yo in so he could beat him up backstage. Uh, Show gets into the floor. Fujita, one of the young lions, gets attacked. The ref is distracted, which allows Show to nail Yo with the hammer before going for a chair. He rakes the eyes as he drags Yo out to the crowd and sends him headfirst into one of the doors and then lays into his back with the chair after distracting the ref by uh, grabbing the best of the Super Juniors trophy. And they go back to the ring for the, uh, the count-out. Yo gets in at 18, but Sho keeps control, just laying into Yo with kicks before getting caught with the dragon screw. Yo fires up with a flurry of offense, but Sho cuts it off with his patented spear and a buzzsaw kick. Both men nail each other with jumping knee strikes before Sho drops Yo uh, on the back of the head with a German suplex. A big clothesline from Yo lands as he runs through Sho, fires up with the DNV, and attempts direct drive, but it gets blocked with a backdrop. Thrust kick attempted from Yo, but Sho grabs the ref and takes down his former partner with a low blow. Sho gets the wrench and levels Yo with a headshot, drops him with the shock arrow for the win. There were moments of greatness in this match, but the, the pre-match stuff and then the, you know, the, the cheating here at the end, it's kind of killed it for me. Um, but, like, so the beginning and end, no. The middle part of this, they had a lot of really good exchanges here. Um... Sho finishes at 10, Yo finishes at 8. Uh, I thought Yo had a mixed bag of a tournament. Um, his matches against Alex Zane and Hiromu Takahashi I thought were big standouts in terms of how he performed as a wrestler. Um, I think it showed some real signs of greatness with him just being, you know, meticulous with how he wrestles and trying to work over body parts and just, you know, he just felt like he was a better wrestler than a lot of times that we've seen him. Sho... I went into this not expecting to enjoy like any of Show's matches. There were a few of them that I did enjoy quite a bit. Um, so while this one wasn't the best, it still certainly wasn't terrible by any means. Um, so out of the House of Torch members, Show is still by far the best. I think that he they've kind of perfected the way in which he works as a wrestler and how his gimmick works. It's not always going to be you know fantastically executed, but you compare it to like Evil, and it's just like. Show just feels like he's much better fit for the the House of Torture stuff. So, yeah, um, I, I don't know. I just I still don't like Evil, um, but Show kind of sold me on him on him in the, the, this tournament with uh, the House of Torture stuff. So, uh, we'll see how it goes. Teton versus Robbie Eagles. Um, Teton goes for the Boston Crab to start. He targets the injured knee of Eagles before gets uh, before Eagles gets out at two uh, with a wrist lock control here. A leaping to Harris from Robbie Eagles with his knee still being an issue for him as he tries to keep Teton grounded. He lays into him with kicks before sending him into the corner, laying into him with chops and dropping him with a high kick. But as Robbie goes to the opposite corner, Teton sacrifices himself with the corner lariat through the ropes. Robbie gets sent to the floor as Teton takes flight with a tope suicida. Eagles then gets dumped on the back, uh, back onto the floor, and Teton goes up to the top turnbuckle and goes for the double stomp, but Eagles avoids and the legs jam for Teton as he misses. Eagles follows up with a crazy flipping suicide dive to the floor as he lands like several rows into the crowd here. The Ron Miller special gets locked in back in the ring, uh, but Teton manages to get to the ropes. 
We have a huge thrust kick landing for Teton, and Robbie gets out with a near fall. Crowd is firmly behind him. The double stomp gets attempted again, but he misses, and his knees buckle once more. Springboard drop kick to the knee from Eagles as Teton gets a crazy-looking clutch locked in for the pinfall, and Teton finishes at 8 points. Robbie Eagles finishes at 10 and is eliminated from the tournament. I thought these guys had a really fun match here. Um, Teton was a standout for me. I pretty much loved everything this guy did, despite, you know, not having the best point-wise tournament. Um, I think he was, like, the first guy mathematically eliminated. But I thought he had a really fun tournament, and Robbie Eagles is just a great wrestler. Uh, I would definitely go out of your way to watch this one. Francesco Akira versus Ace Austin. Ace gets sent to the floor early as Akira slides to the floor before eating uh, a kick from the X Division champ. We have a one-armed cartwheel on the apron. Another kick from Ace as he looks for Sword of Glory, but Francesco comes back into the ring with a springboard cutter for a few two counts uh, here as he just repeatedly tries to get the pin. Ace calls for the fold early, but Akira dodges with a wheelbarrow roll-up into a double stomp. Akira then hits a big shotgun dropkick that sends Ace into the corner for a big two count. The fireball misses as Ace lands the house of cards, calls for the fold a second time, but it gets blocked. Akira gets dropped onto the top turnbuckle, eating a big kick to the back from Ace. But as Ace goes for a superplex, Akira nails a sunset bomb that sends Austin to the floor. Uh, Akira hits a big acai moonsault to the floor and then lands the fireball off the apron to Ace, like the back of Ace's head on the floor, and he wins via countout. After the match, Akira holds up the X Division Championship and indicates that he wants a title shot. Uh, yeah, this was pretty good, and I thought it was a really, really nice way to make Ace look strong by having him just have to eat like a bunch of moves on the floor to be counted out here. I think Francesco would be a, a really good like person from New Japan to slot into the Ultimate X match that's coming up at Slammiversary on June 19th. Um, you could also go to Hiromu for that. It really depends on what you want to do. But, um, yeah. Ace Austin, incredible tournament from him. Uh, I, I think his stock has been risen quite a bit as a wrestler coming out of this. Uh, that sends us to our semi-main event. Oh, Francesco Akira finishes at 8. Ace Austin finishes at 10. Our semi-main event here is the B Block. Uh, B Block Finals with El Desperado versus El Phantasmo. To start here, El Phantasmo jaws at El Desperado for losing to Robbie Eagles since it meant they did not get the main event today. He says he's going to force a 30-minute time limit draw, which would guarantee him a spot in the finals without having to do any work, and he just keeps running around the ring and just annoying Desperado. They finally get in the ring, and Desperado or Phantasmo rakes the eyes and back of Desperado before dropping him to the floor with an apron-hung DDT. Chairs get set up at ringside from ELP as he looks for a CR2 through the chairs, but Desperado gets out and backdrops Phantasmo through them before nailing his uh, flipping tope suicida to the floor. Back on the floor, Phantasmo uh, just goes to town on Desperado's back with his nails before sending him back into the ring, dropping him with the signature brain buster for a two count, and then repeating with a second brain buster for another two count. And a third brain buster lands, but no cover. Phantasmo then nails Desperado with a last ride powerbomb straight onto the back of the neck for a big two count. Uh, springboard crossbody from Phantasmo, uh, but as he goes for the lion salt, Desperado dodges and comes back with a spear. Both men go down. Guitara de Angel gets blocked, as does the UFO. Numero Dos gets locked in, but Phantasmo immediately gets to the rope. Guitara de, uh, Guitara de Angel lands for a two count. 
Uh, we have a modified Thunder Kiss 86 off the top rope from ELP down to uh, the floor as Desperado is standing. And rather than going for the count out, Fantasmo rolls him back into the ring, just wanting to get the win here. Um, he goes up to the top rope and tries to get the actual Thunder Kiss hit, but Desperado rolls away, and uh, getting as he jumps down back into the ring, ELP's legs buckle, which allows Desperado to lock in numero dos. El Fantasmo rolls him up for a very close near fall out of the submission. A thrust kick from Fantasmo gets countered into a spine buster as Numero Dos gets locked in successfully with both arms trapped as Fantasmo begins ex- escaping. Desperado lifts him and drops him with the Bastard Driver for another very close near fall. Sudden death from ELP lands, leveling Desperado, but he gets out at the last second. CR2 gets looked for, but Desperado escapes, eating a forearm for his troubles. Fantasmo hits the CR2, but Desperado kicks out, an audible gasp from the crowd upon the kick out. ELP then attempts his own version of Pinche Loco, but his leg gives out. A step up in Zagiri from ELP after an attempted dragon screw. Second sudden death gets attempted, but Desperado sidesteps out of it. Pinche Loco gets hit, but instead of pinning him, he hits his own version of CR2, and El Desperado pins El Phantasmo in, I think, just under 20 minutes here. As El Desperado wins B block, finishing with 12 points, El Phantasmo finishes with 10. I thought this was an incredible match between these two. I thought this was really great stuff, even if I'm not the biggest fan of El Desperado winning this because of who he's facing in the finals. I would have preferred an El Fantasma win, but uh, in his his post-match comments, El Fantasma has indicated that he is done with the junior division and he will becoming uh, he will become a heavyweight. So you know, if we're getting heavyweight Fantasma, I guess I'm not going to complain. But El Desperado is your B-block winner as he heads to the finals on June 3rd to meet the winner of the main event. Hiromu Takahashi versus the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion Taiji Ishimori. We have a shotgun dropkick out of the gate from Ishimori, which sends Hiromu to the floor. And he gets sent headfirst into the ring post at ringside before coming back with chops and an attempted clothesline that gets him lawn darted into the ring post shoulder first. A basement dropkick lands from Ishimori as soon as Hiromu gets back in the ring, sending the injured Takahashi back to the floor. Ishimori brutalizes Hiromu's shoulders, working over both shoulder and the injured leg as he maintains control, despite Hiromu's brief stints of offense with chops. Uh, running Hurricane Rana off the ropes from Hiromu evens the playing field, and he hangs Ishimori against the ropes using his legs before scoring with his own basement dropkick. A shotgun dropkick off the apron lands from Takahashi, wiping out with his ailing leg. Hiromu gets stopped in his tracks, getting sent headfirst into the corner pad before getting rammed shoulder first into an exposed corner. And Ishimori follows, up, uh, follows this up with a shoulder breaker as he continues to work over the injured shoulder. Uh, a handspring elbow from Ishimori gets countered with Hiromu catching him in a German suplex. Back up, Ishimori nails Hiromu with a destroyer, but neither man can capitalize as they both go down in the center. A shotgun dropkick sends Ishimori flying into the corner, uh, following up with a quarter Death Valley driver and a pop-up powerbomb for a two-count. Hiromu locks in the D before... Um, or, sorry, he locks in the D here. Uh, and then Takahashi looks for a tombstone after Ishimori gets out, but Ishimori gets out of the tombstone and nails the double-knee facebreaker for two. Uh, D gets locked in again, but again, Ishimori gets out. Hiromu Bomber levels Ishimori. Uh, Takahashi looks for a second one, but gets taken down by Ishimori's own clothesline. An inverted bloody Sunday lands from Taiji as both men go down again. Uh, Ishimori's the first to his feet, and he lands La Mystica and the Bone Lock. 
gets attempted here, but Hiromu pins him with a cradle for two. Ishimori powers out with a power bomb to Takahashi as both go down again. D gets locked in for like a third time here in the center of the ring. Ishimori tries to get to the ropes, but Hiromu rolls to the center. Ishimori gets out, and we have a stunner from Hiromu. Um, and Ishimori looks for a power bomb before getting locked into the D one final time, and he passes out with ref stoppage. Hiromu Takahashi finishes with 12, tying Ishimori, but he has the tiebreaker, so uh, Hiromu Takahashi wins a block. Uh, I believe this is a rematch of the finals from 2020. I look, I'm sure Hiromu versus Desperado is going to be a great finals match on Friday, but we've seen it before and they had a more interesting choice here. If you did Phantasma versus Hiromu or Phantasma versus Ishimori. Um, so I'm like, again, I'm excited for Phantasma moving up as a heavyweight, but you could have still done that after like he fails to win best of the super juniors or something. Or, you know, he... I don't know. There was a way to do this where you don't get Hiromu versus Desperado, I guess. Uh, but kind of a lackluster main event, I think, for the finals. I think a lot of people are going to be a little upset, as I feel like a number of fans wanted something different this year. But instead, we're getting Desperado versus Hiromu again. And again, I'm sure it's going to be good. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but it's just... It could have been better. It could have been something more special. It could have been something different. Coming out of night 12, I'll give you our rundown for our predictions contest here. Uh, I got only four matches. This this could have been the death of me in this predictions challenge for the best of Super Juniors, but I'm still alive. Uh, so night 12, I finished with four, correct? Ryan finished with seven, a big night for him as he mounted a slight comeback. Rob finished with six. Joey and Angelo finished with four. So uh, coming out of night 12, uh, it was me in the lead with 45, Ryan, Rob, and Joey with 44, and Angelo with 37. But because of how we do our predictions for, for these New Japan tournaments, we do it where we also guess who's going to be the finalists. Uh, Rob and myself both had uh, Desperado as a finalist here. Um, so we each got three points on this. So I moved to 48 and Rob moves to 47. Ryan had Hiromu as a finalist. So he moves to uh, 47 as well. But Ryan doesn't have uh, Hiromu winning. So he can't win any points. So he is out. Rob does have Desperado winning this. So... Uh, if Rob, or so if El Desperado wins, Rob will pass me, meaning Rob wins the best of the Super Juniors predictions. If El Desperado loses and Hiromu wins, I don't have Hiromu. Rob doesn't have Hiromu, which means neither of us get points, which means I beat Rob by one. So it's going to be a very close finish here with our predictions. Um, so kind of exciting for us. Um, so yeah. Anyways, that does it. That is the full coverage for the actual tournament portion of Best of the Super Juniors. I will be back tomorrow on Friday uh, covering the actual finals event, which is the, the one match plus just a bunch of other matches from New Japan. Um, yeah, I guess I can get the card up real quick for the finals. Um, just so we can I, can... I can say what they are, I guess. Uh, 1972... Oh, boy. Um, where is our announcement for the card? There we go. 
Alright, so main event is Hiromu Takahashi versus El Desperado. Um, finals, obviously. Uh, we have Jado, Tamatanga, Toroyano, and Kazuchika Okada versus Jay White, Doc Gallows, Taiji Ishimori, and Gato of Bullet Club. Uh, LIJ, Shingo, Naito, and Bushi take on uh, Suzuki Yun, Taiji, Takamichinoku, and Doki. The United Empire. Jeff Cobb, The Great Okan, and Aaron Hanare take on Bullet Club, Bad Luck, Fale, Chase Owens, and El Phantasmo. Worth noting, obviously, El Phantasmo is, is in a match with all heavyweights here. Uh, Suzuki Goon, uh, Yoshinobu Kanemaru, and Zack Sabre Jr. take on the House of Torture, Show, and Evil. Tomoaki Hanma versus Juice Robinson in a special singles match here. Team 6 or 9, Raisuke Taguchi and Master Wado take on the United Empires, Francesco Akira, and TJP. And a fun little opening tag match here. We have uh, Clark Connors, Teton, Yo, Robbie Eagles taking on the team of Alex Zane, Wheeler Yuta, Ace Austin, and L. Lindemann. Uh, so that's coming off, uh, or that's coming on Friday, June 3rd at 5 a.m. Eastern Time. So uh, I will be waking up and I will have a review out for that show. And um, yeah. That'll be it for Best of the Super Juniors. So, thank you for everyone who's listened to an episode of this. Be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. We're pushing towards 150 subscribers, so you can help us out. Leave a like on all of the videos. Comment below. Uh, you can also subscribe to the podcast on streaming services like Anchor, Stitcher, Overcast, Breaker, Spotify, Apple, Google. Um, and you can leave reviews for the podcast, which would help us because more reviews and ratings mean that our podcast gets better visibility. So thank you from the bottom of my heart once again for sticking with this tournament uh, and our coverage of it. Uh, we appreciate it, and I'll talk to you in the final uh, episode of this when we cover the actual finals event for the Best of the Super Juniors 29.